Welcome back, everybody, to Philly vs. the World, episode 11, live in the studios of WHIP. Chris Kovsky alongside me, John Iliano and Drew Bishop. Fellas, are you ready for episode 11, brother? I'm so ready, Chris. I'm so ready. That was the best intro until the very end of it. You kind of ruined it, but it's all right. Let's move on. Let's go. And uh, you listen every po- you ruin every podcast that you're on. That's fine. Boom roasted. Life's full of disappointments. Just ask your parents. They actually tell me that a lot. It's a banner in my room that says that, so it's kind of funny that you know that. All right, let's go. Let's go? Where are we going? Topic. That's where we're going. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right, guys. Topic numero uno. With the NBA playoffs first weekend, Raptors, Sixers, Nuggets, they all lose. Which team is the most dangerous being upset in the first round? Guys, no brainer for me. It's the Philadelphia 76ers. I said it last week. I think the Nets are going to upset the Sixers. I think this is the worst possible matchup the Sixers could have in the first round because of the great guard play of D'Angelo Russell, who had 23 points in Game 1, and nobody could stop him. It was just a bad defensive performance for the Sixers. They looked all out of whack. They looked banged up. They're not on the same page. And right now, I'd be concerned if I was a Sixers fan because, one, your best player is not 100%. I'd say right now, watching Joel Embiid, he's probably anywhere from 50 to 75% at best right now. Mm-hmm. And that's not great, because guess what? Like I said last week, this Sixers team is only going to go as far as Joel Embiid took him. And he struggled a little bit. Ben Simmons, atrocious game, nine points. Then bashing the fans for because they booed him. Guess what, Ben? you got to suck it up. It's part of being a f- player in Philadelphia. Love the fans and live with them during good times and bad times. Don't only don't don't criticize them because they're booing you, because guess what? You deserve to get booed. It was an awful game out there. And Jimmy Butler, guess what? Congratulations, he finally decided to show up for a game. He had 31 points. That's blasphemous. He's been playing well. Yeah, but you know what? He is still the most inconsistent player in basketball because he plays when he wants to play. That's how I feel about okay. Jimmy Butler. All right. And he I came disagree. out and he had a great game. That's great. But guess what? You're not going to have a great game when Jimmy Butler's leading the team because J.J. Reddick needs to step up. Ben Simmons needs to step up. Joel Embiid has got to stop chucking threes up there. I'm concerned right now with the Sixers going into game two tonight, especially with Joel Embiid questionable to play tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we look at these three upsets. I mean, we had three out of the eight matchups uh, go to the lower seed, which is very shocking for the NBA playoffs. A little bit even more mad than uh, March was this year. You look at the Raptors. The Raptors just got outplayed by by a smidge. Their spacing and the way they're moving the ball, their defense, they're going to probably blast Orlando in the next four games and go for a five-game series. But that was fantastic, DJ Augustine's buzzer beater. I think I disagree. I'd say the Nuggets are in much more danger of losing yep, than the I Sixers. I, I believe agree. the Sixers have too much pedigree, too much talent, too much grit to lose to a team like this, but I think that this series bodes poorly for them because I see them getting smacked by the Raptors in the second round the way that they're playing now. Very top-heavy. The spacing on the floor has been awful for them. Shooting when Tobias Harris and J.J. Reddick come out 4 for 14, not great. But the Nuggets just look plain unexperienced. What everybody was saying about the Nuggets prior to the playoffs, down the stretch in that Spurs game, like two turnovers, two missed shots by Murray and Jokic down the stretch. They completely blew that game to the Spurs. Just a, a clear lapse in judgment. Just shows you how important experience is in the NBA playoffs. Sixers, this might go to seven. I know what you're saying, Chris, that, that there's a lot of issues and you think that the weaknesses are very much exploited. But but my God, if Jared Dudley and Ed Davis, headed by D'Angelo Russell, beats the Sixers, 
what was this all about? Brett what, Brown's got to go. Well, I mean, Brett Brown obviously has to go, whether it be his fault or not. I mean, he can't change them shooting poorly from the field. He can't change Joel Embiid's knee being rickety and not reliable. But, man, like the Sixers, as a basketball fan, all I can assume is that their pedigree and – the, the experience that their guys have accumulated will prevail in the end, and so I think the Nuggets are at the most risk to John, lose but before you go, I just want to say, the Nuggets, it, it does make sense, but to me the reason why I went with the Sixers is because I actually, just like I thought the Nets would upset the Sixers, I, wasn't, I didn't think it'd be too far-fetched to say I thought the Spurs would upset the Nuggets mm-hmm. because of Greg Popovich's experience with this team in the playoffs. I didn't think that was far-fetched to say. I think the Nuggets were a team that you know really did have a good Regular season, but I thought they would struggle when it comes to the postseason. That's why I didn't say the 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 Nuggets were a mm-hmm. top team. Sorry, John. No, it's all right. You always interrupt me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. No, but uh, listen, I was gonna. I'm going with the Nuggets too because you took the words out of my mouth, Drew. Uh, the experience is a big part, mm-hmm. and honestly, there's no leadership coming out of Denver. Yeah. There's no guy in the locker room that says, "Yeah, we're down oh zero to one here." Let's yeah. step it up. I mean, in San Antonio, all you need is pop. Yeah, right. And I think Greg Popovich, even though they're given that they're the seventh seed, right? I think they're one of the better seven seeds that we've yeah. seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. So, I, and honestly, I never really bought into Denver. Denver was only a good team at home, and they were still at home in this game, and yeah. they didn't even perform well. Mm-hmm. They're a bad road <laughs> team for as good of a record yeah. as they have. So, I think the most likely team to get upset is Denver. Now, Philadelphia. They have a guy in Jimmy Butler who's ready to say, yo, we're down 0-1. to, zero to yeah. one. Let's get going. So I'm more confident in Denver getting upset rather than Philadelphia 76ers. Mm-hmm. To, to be fair, Jimmy does say after game one, he says he's not worried, which I think has to go with the pedigree thing. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. They really don't have a leader in that locker room like a Jimmy Butler. I feel like Mike Malone is the, the Isaiah the Thomas maybe? No, not, yeah, he's no, not he's even not, in the rotation exactly, at this point. Yeah. So I, I don't know. We'll just have to see. But, but they're not looking good at the moment. No, they're not. All right, so let's go over to the West Coast, to Seattle, where tonight, as of when this podcast is being recorded, April 15th is the deadline that Russell Wilson and his camp have set for the Seattle Seahawks to create a long-term deal. Now, mind you, this is not a holdout situation with Russell Wilson. He would still be prepared to show up to OTAs, show up to the team, but it's more of a, is this long-term deal going to be done now, or is Russell Wilson going to be looking for a new team in a year or being traded? Guys, with that said, lots of options on the table I want to ask. Where do you think the best team for Russell Wilson is to go? Personally, I I think a lot of this is a lot of flair, a lot of, you know, dilly-dallying. I think that Wilson, in the end, will stay with Seattle. And I think that a lot of his, his addressing these rumors and not pushing them away is more of a play for him to get the Seattle front office to take action rather than him saying, oh, like, yeah, I might go to New York. Like, mm-hmm. that would be, you know, pretty fun. Like, that yep. would be great. I think it's more of him trying to push the gas, trying to put his hand on their throat and, and say, you got to keep me. You got to sure. maintain me because there are, there are people that want me out trying there. Trying to gain leverage. Yeah, he's trying yeah. to gain leverage through these rumors. And, and, you know, you talk about him as a quarterback, a guy who's pretty humble, a guy who keeps to himself, a, a good leader. Smoking uh, wife, too. Re- really great. So, you know, he's got confidence. <laughs> Whatever. And <laughs> – you know, he's not an egotistical guy, but he is a guy who wants his money. He is a Super Bowl winning quarterback, a guy who brought back football to Seattle. Deserves his money. Deserves his money by all uh-huh, extents. Yeah. And I think that any team in the league would be happy to have Russell yeah. Wilson, one of the most reliable quarterbacks in the league. So I think he's going to end up staying with Seattle. But, guys, where do you think 
he should end up. Well, honestly, Drew, I, I agree with you. Like, it, it's not going to be sunnier on the other side. Because let me tell you, you're going to go to the Giants. Guess what? They traded their top weapon in Odell Beckham. Sure, you'll have Sterling Shepard and Saquon Barkley, but you're not going to— And gonna, Golden Tate, his former Golden teammate, State, Yeah, but you're not going to have a good offensive line. You're not going to have a good defense. You're not going to have a GM who knows what he's doing. But it doesn't really matter because he doesn't have a good offensive line Yeah, but in at Seattle. least Seattle knows what it takes to win. I like him with Pete Carroll. I, yeah. They know how what it takes to win more than sure. the Giants do right now. Absolutely. And why? Why would you want to go to New York? And also, it's another thing you got to realize is New York. Marketability. More New- weapons in yeah, New York. But New York, right now, they have the most, the Giants have the most dead cap space. That's so true. How are they going to afford giving Russell Wilson his big deal that he wants? Also, and then they yeah. have to cut Eli Manning and then owe him a bunch of money, too. Because guess what? No one's going to want to trade for Eli Manning. It's either Eli Manning stays on the Giants or he's done. Yeah, and also, I, I don't think New York is the best spot. No. Because I don't have confidence in no. Dave Gettleman either. And, and if you let me finish, that, that's what I was, uh, that's what I was that. going to say. Uh, my they, bad. The confidence won't be great in New York. Sure, he'll have the, the line life of New York, Broad Street, Russell Wilson, whatever. But that's not a great fit for him, in my opinion. Broad well, Street, there's only broad, one Broad Street. It's in Philly. Yeah. Screw New York. Screw New York. <laughs> we don't need New York. Go We don't on. need I'm you. Sorry. We don't need you, Chris. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. I, I meant to say, ready, re-edit that. <laughs> I would, you know, I get it. It's nice to market, you know, Broadway, Russell Wilson, and all that stuff. It's great, but he's, you know, he has a better fit in Seattle than he does in New York. And Washington, please, I don't think Jay Gruden is a great coach. I don't think he'll do any wonders in Washington right there. He's better off staying in Seattle. And Seattle would be silly not to resign him because guess what? He's a once in a talent player. You're not going to find a quarterback like that right now, this season coming out of the draft, maybe Kyler Murray, but you're not going to be able to get that high to get that pick to grab Kyler Murray, in my opinion. So stick with Russell Wilson. Give him the money that he deserves. He has brought this franchise back onto their toes. He's brought him a Super Bowl. He, he the, the fans love him. The city loves him. He's just so much on the field and off the field. Keep a guy like that. He's a diamond in the rough. Keep him. I would love to see him go to New Orleans. I know that's totally out there, but I, if I was in New Orleans, I would trade Drew Brees, his old ass, and <laughs> send him to Seattle. Because he's taking up way too much cap space, and get go get Russell Wilson, who's younger and probably still mobile enough to go kick ass. But I just can't see another team. I can't see Russell Wilson on another team. Like I'm trying to think, what like what other team needs a quarterback? Hmm. Maybe Tampa Bay. No, they're rolling. They're with rolling with Winston. But there's not a team out there besides the Giants. But we don't want to see them go there. Cincy? Cincy. Yeah, but I don't think it's a good fit. Like, I don't see a good fit out there besides Seattle. Uh, let me tell you, I got to counter Chris's point on Jay Gruden. I think Jay Gruden would do I think wonders I think Russell. He's a good coach. I think he's a good coach. He's dealt with a lot of yeah, injuries over exactly. the past few years yeah. and has worked well. And he's creative. on the hot seat, too. And he's got a creative mind. I think he has he has really good creative play calling. He just has a lot of injuries, uh, a lot of issues that he's had over the years. I don't know. Six and three before Alex yeah, Smith goes front, out last that season. That front office is Terrible. I, I've terrible. stuck up There's for no Jay Gruden, but I just feel like you know he's never t- he's never turned the corner as I expected him to. He's never really turned that corner. And and personally, I think that you know Russell Wilson would work better with Pete Carroll, staying with Pete Carroll. They've had great chemistry. Then go with Jay Gruden. I I just don't really see them meshing well together. And maybe I was a little harsh on Jay Gruden. He's not a, a terrible coach, but he's never really proved himself. And I'm sure. Yes, I agree. He's been injury deployed, you know, with players and not really having a quarterback. But I don't know. I just still feel like if he had Russell Wilson, he, we wouldn't really see what we we think we could see out of Jay Gruden. But overall, best landing spot is to stay in Seattle. Stay in Seattle, and I think yeah. they will get a deal done by yeah. tonight. Yeah, I, think I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll get a deal done. I don't really? think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. So we'll have to see. But uh, let's move over to a team 
dealing with some more impending uh, QB issues, I would say the Arizona Cardinals with Cliff uh, with a uh, Kyler Murray visiting several teams in the top five of the draft. His destiny with Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals seems shaky down the stretch with the draft coming up. Guys, you have any doubts that'll go first overall? I mean, it, it it seems like the common pattern of drafts every year is we get our first mocks towards the end of the college season, and in those first mocks, usually a quarterback is not going first, at least in the past few years. Like, I'm going to go a la Jared Goff, Carson Wentz year, when that draft was not a QB-heavy draft until we got to the very end, and then two teams caved and took quarterbacks first overall. It ended overall. up working out. Working out so. It worked out for yeah. both, which is fantastic, mm-hmm. and I think that that's what's going to end up happening with the Arizona Cardinals as well, even though faith is dwindling. Guys, this is what happens in, in every draft circle. There are other teams doing their due diligence with Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray is doing his due diligence by doing well in interviews, doing well at camps, d- doing whatever he can to keep his draft stock at that level and keep as many teams interested in him as possible. I mean, that's probably his only goal at this point. So I think he's still going to go to the Cardinals, but, you know, the fact that other teams are looking at him, you know, giving him the up and down, making sure that, that, you know, if they need to get him, they will try to get him. It's good. It just shows that his talent is real and it's not just a facade, like a a Heisman parade. Mm -hmm. Well, honestly, when I was first starting my mock draft, I wasn't buying into the Kyler number one overall thing. And then I started believing it a little bit more and a little bit more. I was sold on it. But now I'm reading Daniel Jeremiah's tweets, how he thinks it's right now maybe 60% that the Cardinals select him. I'm going back to what I originally thought. I'm going to go back and saying, on Friday on on my stadium talk show, I said Kyler would go number one overall to the Cardinals, but I'm going to go back to my original gut feeling. And I think he's going to go number one, but I don't think it's going to be to the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are going to end up sticking with Josh Rosen. I I really do. I think they're going to stick with Josh Rosen. And, you know, if, if he doesn't pan out, then maybe they're in the same situation next year, and then maybe they take a quarterback. But I think they're going to roll with Rosen, and I think... You'll find out more as we get closer to the draft. They have Rosen on my ro- on their roster. I think they keep him. But now the thing is, if Kyler, the Cardinals would be silly to sit at number one pick and take Quinn Williams or Nick Bosa. That's just my opinion. Because if a team like the Giants or the Redskins or the Raiders call you and say, hey, we want to move up to number one, we want Kyler, I would trade back, get more draft picks, build around Rosen, build on the f- defense, build on the front. You know, you could do whatever you want here. You have ultimate leverage at that point if you decide you're not going with Kyler Murray. And personally, I don't even think the Cardinals know exactly what they're doing. I still think they're trying to feel offers out. Maybe if they get the right offer before Thursday for Rosen, maybe they draft Kyler. Or maybe if they get a better offer for a team to swipe up to number one, maybe they trade that pick and say, you know what, this just solves a lot more problems, saves relationships, we're going to go with Josh Rosen for one one more year, see what he has to offer. But they have ultimate leverage here, and you know what, play around with it, you know. Just, just just, feel it out. Go with your best-case scenario because I know Kyler is a better player. But in all honesty, these, these, are, these are prospects. You'll never know how Kyler Murray will pan out in the long run. You could assume, but there's no guarantee until he steps on field. Oh, yeah, you can say that about any prospect. Oh, but absolutely. I That's think, the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a guarantee that he's going to Arizona. There's a reason why he hired the same exact agent as Cliff Kingsbury. There's a reason why Cliff Kingsbury took the Cardinals' job. Because back in October, he said, if I had the number one pick, I would pick Kyler Murray, and guess what he does. So, and I think on Thursday night we will see Kyler Murray going to the Cardinals, and hopefully Josh Rosen gets traded. I'd like to see him on the Chargers. I'd like to see him on the Patriots, somewhere not in the NFC East because I think he's going to end up being a really good player. But is it a guarantee? Yeah, it's it's got to be a guarantee by now. You you make all this hype about getting Kyler Murray, trading Josh Rosen. If they don't draft Kyler Murray. 
then I'm worried about Josh Rosen's fit and Cliff Kingsbury's offense. And also, damn, what a smokescreen. That's probably the best smokescreen I've ever seen and in my teams entire do that. life. Maybe they're doing this because they're you know, I saw something the other day that said some teams will purposely say they don't like a player. I don't like this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That way, you know, other teams are like, oh, wow, well, they were going to take him. Like, for example, I don't know if this has happened, but the Giants, they might be like, oh, we don't like Dwayne Haskins, X, Y, and Z. And the other teams might be like, oh, yeah, wow, that makes sense. The Giants are only going to be doing that so they can get Dwayne Haskins at 17. I'm not saying that's exactly them who are doing it, but that, I just I heard something that says, you know, Owners and teams. Well, yeah, they do I think it's a smart thing to do. No, sure, but Why I'm not? saying get, get the guy you want. But to I'm slide saying down you know you. smokescreen. This could be all you know Arizona saying. Yeah, we want you know we want Kyler, we want Kyler. Oh, uh, we don't know. And teams are calling up and saying, hey, you know what? If we're not too sure, we'll give you this year's first, next year's first, second. I, I don't know what the offers are on the table. I'm just saying these are all things that could be happening. Yeah, how about this? What if the Cardinals trade for Russell Wilson, first overall pick? Hey, you want the first overall pick? You get Kyler Murray. Bam! That would be awesome. Russell Wilson and Cliff Kingsbury's offense, that would be awesome. What would be even better is the Giants trading pick 6 and And 17 17 for for Russell Wilson, Uh, and then pick 6 and 17 get traded for pick 1 to the Cardinals. The Cardinals give the Seahawks Kyler Murray. That would be crazy. Like, you're, you're... you would be giving Kyler Murray to a division rival. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. I hope that happens. That would be amazing. That It'd would be interesting be, to that see. Would be so awesome. I don't think the I don't think the Cardinals and the Seahawks would do business like that. I just don't see it. I mean, the, the Cardinals, like you said, are a stupid organization. I didn't say they were a stupid organization. You said one of the worst, though, right? No, I thought no. that's what you said. I said they don't know what they're they don't even know what they're doing right now, as in what their pick is. They don't. Oh, I'm sure they don't know. I thought you mentioned. On my bad. No, 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 I thought you mentioned. I said that. like they they're probably not even sure what they want to do with this pick yet because they they want to see they want to weigh their options, see what's where they get a better deal for. If they stick one, maybe get Quentin Williams, Nick Bosa, trade that first round pick to move back or to take Kyler. Mm. That's what I'm saying. They they have an idea of what they're doing. It's just you know I don't think they would trade. You know like hey let's swap quarterbacks. I don't think either side would want to do that. Okay. But All you right. never know. It would be interesting. That would have a lot of I excitement mean, on draft day. The Eagles and Redskins. Did that? The Eagles traded Donovan McNabb to the Redskins, so it's possible. Yeah. But all right, moving on here. Following a 111 to 102 loss to the Brooklyn Nets on Saturday, Ben Simmons responded to the fans' boos by stating, "If you're going to boo, stay on that side." Who is in the right, Simmons or the fans? And in my opinion, the fans. Chris, you mentioned this already today. You played like crap. Ben Simmons, you scored nine points in a playoff game, in a big game. This is the, you're at home. There, there was zero excuses for your sad performance. Yes, Joel Embiid was still hurt, but it's still not a good excuse for him to get upset over the fans. Don't be so butthurt about it. You're in Philadelphia. You've been playing here long enough to understand how these fans react to when the team is not performing up to expectations. So, in my opinion. I'm on the fan side, obviously, because I'm a fan of the 76ers. But, Ben, just stay away from the Jenner family. Because, honestly, that's gotten you soft. Well, John, to counter your your stance on Ben's nine points, Ben shot four for nine from the field, had three blocks, seven, uh, seven rebounds, three assists. Not exactly his best game, but I don't think Ben Simmons, his performance should be measured by his points. I think he, the less points he's scoring, usually the Sixers are in a better shot. To the fans booing, I think Ben kind of corrected himself after this weekend. He saw everybody's tweets, and he said, you know, this is Philly. Philly's going to do this, da-da-da-da. Yeah, we know because, you know, it's Philly. Fans are like this. The thing is, is is when you are Ben Simmons and you act 
kind of entitled and act like you are a guy who's proven things, so you are a guy who shouldn't be booed, who should be unquestioned, who your team should be unquestioned. That is not the case. The 76ers are the team to be the most questioned, I think, this postseason because they're the team boasting one of the best starting lineups in the NBA after all their moves at the deadline, but still have only won one playoff series with their current process ended core, and are struggling versus a team that, frankly, no one expected to even be in the playoffs this season. So you're sitting there saying, stay on that side. Well, if you're going to win some championships, like if this is LeBron James saying, don't boo me. I, I've won a, If he's in Cleveland, he's won a championship. That's something else. But Ben Simmons is here, a, an unproven guy, a questionable rookie of the year, a player who this offseason is kind of a big reason why the Sixers are in this struggling position. Ben, you got to work on your shot you got to make an impact on this team, on the franchise, on the league, before you start giving an entire crowd of people a lesson in fan etiquette. It's just something you can't do until you've proven yourself on the biggest stage, and that at least requires a competitive conference finals from you, not a 4-1 blowout to the Boston Celtics in a second round. Next. I mean, come on. I mean, look. Ben Simmons, he corrected himself, but you got to know, man, you're playing in Philly, one of the most, you know, passionate cities in the world. They're going to love you when you're playing well, and they're going to hate you when you're playing like like poop. And that's part of being a fan here. That's about being a player here. People know this, and I respect it. I'm I'm a fan. I would do the same thing. If I was a Sixers fan and they were playing like garbage like that, hell yeah, I'm going to boom like crazy. I spent 150 bucks to be at that game to play like a bunch of garbage against the Nets. I mean, it wasn't even look like they, they didn't look like they were even all there. Or it's even embarrassing. The, they weren't even in the right mindset. Look, I understand if they lose a close game, but it wasn't even like they wanted to be there. They weren't hungry to win that game. The Nets were 100 times more hungry to win that game. Ben Simmons, you got to deal with this, man. You're a young player. You're dating the Kardashian sisters, whatever, Kylie Jenner, Kendall Jenner, whatever one he's dating. You got to deal with this lime life here, kid. And you know what? They're going to boo you, but guess what? Play better and they won't boo you. Don't have nine points in that game. And understand they're booing you because they love you as a team and a player. If they didn't care, they wouldn't boo you. But they care so much, they expect way more than you and the team. And that's why they're booing it out of love. Another thing, I know the we're done here, but for Ben Simmons to be that upset over the fans booing, you've got to be more upset about your performance. Suck it don't, up, yeah, baby. Don't, Suck it don't, up. Don't be upset about the fans booing you. You should be more upset about the way you play. You should walk out and say how you lost the game. You should be walking out of that arena saying, you know what, we deserve to get exactly. booed. Exactly. You know exactly. what, we deserve to get another, booed. Another word that we like to throw around here a lot is entitlement. Entitlement. That entitlement. Is, that is John's that punk, word of the day. That punk is entitled. Because he's got a smoking hot girlfriend. Yeah. That's what happens when you start hanging around these Kardashians. I know. I don't like Jenners. it. I don't like it. Your attitude starts to change a little like bit. I don't like He's turning into a Pop-Tart. Ben That's has always is. been like this. Ben has always been disregarding people, and yeah, his arrogance has. has always preceded yes. him. I mean, he's Australian. Yeah. He doesn't know. No, they, don't, they don't know. They don't know. <laughs> they have great blue and onion there, though. I don't know yeah, about that. I think that. you're talking about Outback Steakhouse, hey. not Australia. Hey, it's. <laughs> I don't care. It's the same thing when I'm in there, right? Very cultured. Okay, listen. Let's get to the NFL draft. What is one team you're keeping your eye on, or what is one prospect you hope goes to a certain team? Because I have one in, my, in mind. I would like to see Dwayne Haskins go to Cincinnati. Okay. I think Cleveland, they're getting all the hype in Ohio right now. Shout out Drew Bishop. Yeah, look at that. Your home state. But I think Cincinnati is a real shot to getting Dwayne Haskins. There hasn't been a lot of yeah. buzz to Haskins going to Cincinnati. 
And I think Cincinnati, nobody has really talked about Cincinnati's new coach, whether he likes Andy Dalton or not. I think that's the way they like that. They're, they're going for it. And a new regime means new quarterbacks. Are we really just going to assume that Zach Taylor is in love with Andy Dalton? No. no. There's been enough evidence as to why Andy Dalton should not be the franchise quarterback. Red Rider. And, uh, yeah. Now? And, I mean, no. Wild red, card no, star. No, Red Rifle. Oh, Red Rifle. He's a Red Rifle. Yeah, some Ohioan you are. Hey, so I don't, I'm not even close. He's a, we right. don't care. It's he's more right. of a Browns fan. Yeah, he's more of a Browns fan. But still, like. I just don't see Andy Dalton staying there much longer, and I think Zach Taylor is going to love Dwayne Haskins, especially if he's there at pick 11. Mm. Ohio State quarterback going to Cincinnati. Ooh, that's going to get the hype up in Cincinnati. Yeah. Cincinnati and Cleveland, the hype is up in Ohio. That would be a great match. Not as hype as it would be if he went to the Giants, though, because he's like a New York, New Jersey kid. Yeah, no, it is. But from. I, I feel like people have more you know, ties to where they're, where they're from and where they're raised more than they play. But True. John, that, that is an interesting point because Dwayne Haskins is a guy who I don't really know where he's going to go right now because there's a potential lot of landing spots for him. You know, maybe the Giants end up saying, you know what, screw it, we need a quarterback, we're going to take him at six. Or maybe the Redskins say, you know, we're going to trade up and get him. Well, you're right, maybe a team like Cincinnati who kind of needs a quarterback says, you know what, we need a lot right now, but let's start with a quarterback. You don't really know. You know, and, and I like that aspect. But, but a dream scenario for me is the Packers' first pick is at 11, right? No, 12. 12, sorry. They, they pick at 12. I want to see them at that pick get a guy like DK Metcalf or Marquise Hollywood Brown. I would That's love that. I think another explosive weapon opposite side of Devontae Adams would be great for Aaron Rodgers. And, and you know, we've, we've talked about, and after this article came out with Mike McCarthy, it's, you know, one thing that Rodgers has lacked is weapons since he's lost Jordy Nelson. He's had Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, you know, James Jones, you know, Jeff Janis was a weapon for him for a couple for a couple of minutes too. You know he hasn't had a really lot of weapons. It's mostly been relied on Devontae Adams. And sure, he could take the bulk as the number one receiver. But imagine if on one side you have Devontae Adams, a, a bigger guy but still fast, great red zone threat, and then you have a guy like Marquise Hollywood Brown, who's a quick guy, could run these slant routes, could run these deep routes, can burn. Has you know kind of feels like he compared to Tyreek Hill. I also see maybe a little bit of OBJ just the way he runs some slant routes. Obviously. OBJ is a freak of nature the way he's played, but the way he runs, the way he's quick, I can explode a secondary, run through a secondary, I like that. Or DK Metcalf, a bigger receiver, so kind of more like Devontae Adams, but obviously a lot bigger than him, would be awesome. I think if you can get a guy like that, Metcalf or Hollywood Brown, opposite side, give give Aaron Rodgers more weapons. Imagine Rodgers rolling out of his pocket like Baker Mayfield did a couple years ago and Kyler did during their Heisman runs and bombing a ball down the field to, to Marquise Hollywood Brown who could beat defensive backs just like Tyreek Hill could. Man, oh man, would Aaron Rodgers be back on his way to an MVP caliber season. Mm-hmm. And I think we've seen Metcalf beat his fair share of Alabama secondary members in his time in the SEC. So, so he, I mean, I think he's pretty ready. But for my focus, it's, it's my Dallas Cowboys. And even though... We don't have a first-round pick this year, which, you know, I'm perfectly fine with. First pick is at pick number 58, and I think Jerry is licking his lips at one specific defensive lineman Who are you from L.A. About? Tech, Jalen oh, Ferguson. Ferguson. He's not the, going that late. The all-time, and, you know, I don't know. I don't know. He got disinvited from the scout, from from the combine because— for stupid reason. Because, for a stupid reason, right. What was the stupid reason? I Marijuana? Think, I think he had a simple battery. Oh. I think if you have any misdemeanor. But it was like a long time ago. Yeah, like it was, it was oh, like really? freshman year. He yeah, got, it was a while back. So, so he, 
he he's pretty on the clear, but a guy who's had some problems. I know that the Cowboys coaches were were one of five teams that showed up to his pro day to watch him. And I just have a weird feeling Jerry's really licking his lips at this guy. And whether he trades up to the top of the second round or Ferguson maybe falls, that's a guy I would love to see on the opposite side of a Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, you know, rotating with a guy like Robert Quinn, a good signing. Jalen Ferguson, big dude, man. And, and you know. He's had his time in college, and I really think he would fit into the Dallas Cowboys. He's just another one in the long line of defensive linemen we've picked up in the draft. And, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see that. I'm excited to see if that turns out because at this point we, we've shored up our number one wide receiver. We've, we're shoring up, you know, our defense in this offseason. And, you know, we got to get more depth at the defensive line. So I'd like to see that happen. Drew, that, that's I like that point. Too. That, I, I personally think Ferguson might go late. 28 to 32, maybe in the first round. round, Maybe actually, I I think he'd go to first round to a team possibly like the Rams or like the Chiefs who need a pass rusher desperately and willing to take a risk. I mean, you think about the Chiefs; they lost Steve Ford, uh, they lost Justin Houston. They need another pass rusher. But Jalen Ferguson is an interesting guy. If he does slip, I could see Jerry, you know, trying to get him because it reminds me of you know Jalen Smith a little bit. Nobody wanted to take a risk on him after he he tore his ACL playing for another game. Notre Dame, and I thought this is going to be a great guy, and he's finally panned out last yeah. year. One of the most up-and-coming young linebackers in football. So we know Jerry Jones likes to take a risk on guys, whether it's injury, whether it's troubling in, in their in their off life. He likes to take a risk on good players. So that's interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. All right, guys, that will do it all for episode eleven of Philly versus the World. But one final note before we leave: tune in on WHIP Radio Thursday, April twenty-fifth, starting at eight p.m. You could download the iHeartRadio app or Radio FX app. Search WHIP Radio because myself, Drew Bishop, John Iliano, the whole Philly vs. World crew, plus Connor Sherwood and Jimmy Freeze will be going live from the Drought Horse on Cecil B. Moore on Temple's campus to bring you a live draft day show at the Draft Horse. It is going to be a great time, guys. I am so excited to work with you guys on it. I think it's going to be great. As much as we like to, you know, joke around with each other and bust each other's, you know what? I'm really excited for this event. I think it's going to pan out really well, and I think all of our, our our two cents and all of our input we have on different players, different things, different situations, is really going to come together and make a nice draft show. And it's going to be a fun opportunity. And I'm so happy to to join this opportunity with you guys. And I really hope you listeners out there, if you love listening to Philly versus the world, listen to us on the draft day at the Draft Horse. It's going to be a great time. You don't want to miss it. Really would support. Really appreciate your love and support, guys. Wait, isn't it draft horse? A draft horse. Oh, okay. I thought you said draft horse. No, okay. I said draft horse. Okay. You know, I said draft day. It's a draft day at the draft horse. Yeah, draft at the draft horse. Yeah. True. Now you. It must be my New York draft accent. Draft at the draft horse. <laughs> Get your drafts. At the sometimes draft horse. sometimes yeah. it's my New York accent that you know elaborates. Says Philly verse the world. Yeah. Oh, that pisses me off. <laughs> Such a pet peeve of mine. I'm just gonna say it more often now because it's great. But but no, all seriousness. It's going to be a great show. It starts at 8 o'clock. We're doing the whole first round of the draft. You know, if, if hey, if you want, tweet at us if he wants to do something certain, if you want us to, you know. Philly versus world underscore Yeah, on if you Twitter. want us to ask you any questions or, hey, if you're on campus and you listen to us and you're 21 years of age, come to the draft, or, draft horse. Even if you're not 21, come no, to the draft horse. No, if you're 21, <laughs> come to the draft horse, come to our show. We're going to be having a lot of fan interactions. It's going to be a great time. Or just call me at 419-602-4087. All right, you just hit me up there. I feel like that's definitely Drew's phone. <laughs> <laughs>